Welcome to another exciting, sparkling edition of the Thought Police. Uh, we're doing really well. I think we've had something like half a million listens or something up to now, uh, which is not bad. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan's here with me. Um, and today, unlike most weeks when we start giving the government a kicking from point one, we're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about a new TV programme, aren't we? Yes, we're going to give the BBC a kick Yes, in. well, they uh, deserve it, let's yeah, face the it. The BBC's big news Sunday night drama, which mm. they told us to get ready for, be prepared to yes. be hooked. Yeah, I must have missed it because you know, I watched and it on now, Monday. You must remember that this is in the new Director General Tim Davies' brave new less left-wing world. Right. Uh, so the plot of Roadkill starring... Uh, it's a funny name, isn't it? Is it from a book or something? Well, no, it's because... Uh, well, I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, starring the excellent Hugh Laurie. He's yes. a great actor. He, he just about saves it from total yeah, disaster. Yeah, I do like Hugh Laurie. Uh, I agree. Totally agree. Uh, the plot, uh, the not left-wing plot of Roadkill is it's about an evil Tory minister <laughs> with a secret love child who wants to privatise the NHS. Really? Oh, good to see them casting ah. off the shackles of I'm their left-wing prejudices. I'm surprised they didn't put it out as a documentary. It's I mean, just it's so kind of thing, typical. They can't stop themselves. Right. It's just a left-wing political diatribe about all evils are Tories. Uh, they all want to sell the NHS and they've all got secret love yeah. children. David Hare, the veteran champagne socialist who wrote it, yes. in 1980 he wrote a, uh, a, uh, a play called Pravda, right. which was very inaccurate about newspapers. Right. And in Roadkill, the newspaper is, of course, run by an evil fascist editor in cahoots with the, with the fascist government. Right. You know, ruthless, he's going to bring down the establishment. Yeah, yeah. It is... David Hare has been getting newspapers wrong for 35 right. years. Does he have no interest in what they're actually like? Well, I think the trouble with people like David Hare is, first of all, he went to Lansing College, didn't he? Which is a very big and uh, expensive private school uh, on the south coast of England. Yeah. When you drive on the A27, you yeah, see it. It looks yeah, like a big cathedral yeah, yeah, rising yeah. out of the, the, the mist, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he then went to Cambridge, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he is indeed the champagne socialist. Yeah. And I think yeah. he maybe even lives in Hampstead. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, these guys he does have, have no, in Hampstead. They the corner for me. Well, yeah. better not look at. Better not see you. But if he hears this, but I mean, this is these people have no concepts of actual life. They don't know what ordinary He's never people been. do. That's the point. You re look at it. Look at Roadkill. Follow the plot. Look at the characters in it. Look at the newspapers. Look at the lawyers. Uh, look at the uh, Tory minister and yeah. the Tory prime minister. David Hare has managed to go through life with, without ever actually once visiting reality right. in his entire existence. Right. He doesn't know anything about the way the world he also really... He also portrays a prison in it, right? Because, yeah, of yeah. course, uh, he becomes... Well, we won't ruin it for you, but, I mean, he becomes a guy that gets put in charge of the justice system in one way or another, yeah. uh, which is meant to be somehow, you know, ironic, given what's happened to him in the court. But in the end, he's also portraying prisons in a way that nobody who's ever been anywhere near a prison would recognise because he's got it planned that, it, of course, it's all run by a private security company. Yeah, now, yeah. of course, we know there are some private security companies uh -huh. that run some prisons, but they're not run like yeah. that. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they're, they are in a, a constant state of 24-7 rioting. Yeah. They have fallen apart at the scene. Yeah, so because of the bad, Dave, evil what, Tories. What David Hare does in, in his ignore, enormous ignorance mm. is he takes 
uh, real life completely changes it to fit his left-wing yes. narrative about how evil Tories are trying to destroy this country, they're trying to privatise the NHS, they're trying to privatise our yeah. prison system. Oh, aren't they awful? And there's a minister and he's got a secret love child. In today, yeah. today, today's arena, by the way, we have a prime minister. We don't even know how many fucking kids he's got. Well, that's true. And David Hare thinks that some junior justice minister will give a shit about whether or not he's got well, a, a secret kid. Yeah, he's, he's got a... And, and there's one ridiculous line in it where... Um, he, I can't remember who's talking to him, uh, who says... And, and whoever it is says to him, you can't remember all the people you had sex with. Yeah. You don't even remember yeah. who they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, sorry, I don't want to make it sound as though that's normal, but, I mean, it's pretty normal for a lot yeah, of people yeah. uh, who are in their 50s, which yeah. I think he's meant to be, yeah. who may have been having an awful lot of sex yeah. in their 20s. They yeah. might not remember everyone. Yeah, well, I can't. You know, guess what? <laughs> well, let's, can't. let's hope they can't either, you know. <laughs> yeah. otherwise I can't, having... although many of my victims <laughs> are still suffering nightmares. Yes, exactly right. Um, but this but... is the thing, right? And then... The other ridiculous thing, the other ridiculous aspect of all of it is that it starts off with, with him winning this libel trial, uh, right? As a result of the fact that the reporter who's written the story uh, goes into the court, goes into the dock and changes, changes her story. story and then is surprised when she gets fired from the newspaper, yeah. which now has to pay out one and a half million quid because the insurance company won't cover it. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's like I say. If you've ever been sued by a newspaper, I haven't actually, luckily, or by, sorry, by if you, when when you were working for newspapers, you might have had a couple of libel quick cases. I have. Um, <laughs> but what you didn't do is agree with the editor that this is what you're going to say in the court, and then you change it without telling them. That just doesn't happen. Uh, if you do, do, uh, and then you go back to uh, see the editor, and the editor fires you because of that, because yeah. you've just cost the paper one and a half million pounds and humiliated your publication, yeah. uh, don't turn around and say, you're firing me? Yeah. Why? I know. That's, that was her reaction. I can't believe you're firing me for mm. that. But as I say, in 35 years about writing about evil fascist newspapers in cahoot with fascist governments, David Hare has never once taken the trouble to find out what newspapers are actually yeah. like. I mean, the one thing I would say is I actually quite enjoyed watching it. I mean, once you've suspended your disbelief, which yeah. is what my father always used to say, when people were looking at stuff going, that would never happen, he always used to say, well, that's why it's TV. It's not meant to be real. And I suppose yeah. you can take that as red. But, but I, because yeah, Hugh but Laurie you... is such a talent, yeah. um, he does, as you say, more or less rescue it. But, I mean, how much is this costing, by the way? Because I've always said the BBC... Uh, spends too much money, does too many things. Uh, and if they're paying Hugh Laurie what I suspect they're paying him, because this is the guy who did House, right, and made something like $250,000 per episode, right? So he might be giving them a bit of a freebie. So he's not no, making... He'll be, he'll be, too be much charging money. the standard. But he'll be right? charging around, what, 50 grand an episode or something? Uh, Wouldn't you think? So, yeah. You know, yeah, so I mean, they're paying absolutely top dollar. Um, that's I an assume, expensive production. Yeah, and it looks good. Yeah. Um, I would also suggest that notwithstanding your, your having a go at Tim Davey, it's probably made before his time. So, I yeah, mean, well, don't I put the fucking thing well, on him. Well, he can't just cancel just it, it, can he? Shove it in the bottom drawer and then set fire to the bottom can drawer. Can you imagine, though? And so, the, we've got, so we've spent five million quid on this big Hugh Laurie production and we're now going to bin it. Yeah, well, why not? Why not? Because <laughs> at least it would spare the viewers having to watch the fucking bias How many rubbish. parts does it have? And then, yeah, four, I'm not sure I'm going to watch two. Four parts. Oh, by the way, here's another thing I don't like. If you're going to make a series, right, the BBC seem obsessed at the moment with making series with, like, three parts. 
That's not a series. That's because Hugh Laurie's in it. They it's get, like you, a mini-series. Yeah, but you know why? It's because you get big names. Big names will do three-part series. They right. won't do ten-part series. They won't do ten. Series. Hugh Laurie has agreed to four. He probably wouldn't agree to ten. Uh, but at the end of this 60 minutes of juvenile rubbish uh, <laughs> written by from the pen of an infantile champagne socialist yeah. who's never learnt about the real world, the uh, continuity woman goes, Are you hooked? No! I'm not fucking hooked. No, me neither. I'm not watching part <laughs> it's two. It's crap. I only watched part one but because I mean, you told me about come it. Come on, so the I BBC. The BBC, though, it is trapped in a swirling mass of its own prejudices, and yeah. it cannot break out. And if it, if this is the best it can do, just give it up. Don't yeah. bother with drama anymore because it's that was it was infantile, boring, implausible yeah. nonsense. But also all of those things that they do. Like Strictly as well, you know, all the excitement about Strictly's back. Well, really? You know, why are you even making it? You know, this is not what you call public service broadcasting. You know, the commercial sector should do all that stuff. Now, if ITV wants to do Strictly, they probably might not do it quite so well. But, nevertheless, I've got no interest in paying for the BBC to make shows that I don't watch. I think that I, I think no would, interest. I think ITV would do it just as well. I mean, it's, 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 you, I don't think you should fall into that trope. The well, BBC, managed to, the BBC does up. everything so well. No, well. because they spend money like it's going out of fashion. They yeah. spend money without any recourse to a budget. That's what I mean. Because if you're ITV, you've got accountants crawling all over you going, how much are you spending on this? Yeah, you know, whereas at the BBC, nobody asks that question. I mean, I know people, as I'm sure you do, that have worked for the BBC more or less all their lives as journalists, right? Never once have they been told, oh, you can't have that, or you can't get that, I'll tell you or, something. you know, it's too expensive, we can't do it. I'll tell you a story uh, of someone who had just take, taken over as BBC One controller, oh, yeah. uh, who told me in confidence that um, the predecessor... Uh, Mustn't uh, reveal Don't genders. Give it away, no, mustn't reveal sake. genders. The predecessor to this person who told me told uh, my informant, yeah. "Listen, the biggest problem you're going to have is getting rid of your budget." He <laughs> said they'll give you so much money yep. that at the end of that, uh, if you haven't spent it all, they won't give you as much. No, next, next well, that's year. like the way they run councils. Yeah. You know, that's the way they run government departments. Blow your budget because basically the BBC is is an overextended government department. Yeah. Uh, when you think about all the stuff that they do all the nonsense that they produce and the amount of money that they actually put towards any... I mean, I know people uh, who work in local radio right, at the BBC who've never seen a budget sheet of any kind. Yeah. They've never been told, well, you can't spend this or you can't spend that. How about be doing you know, outside broadcast? You know, they take the whole kit and caboodle. It's not like when we go down to the tent of common sense and we have, like, one guy as an engineer. You know, they have teams of people. They have the outside broadcast units. You know, they have about 20 people doing an outside broadcast. We have about three. Yeah, no, they, are, so they are literally swimming in Profligate money. Profligate is the uh, word. This is something that has to end too. But they're, they're, they'll find out once we don't have to give them the TV license. Speaking of the BBC, I was uh, having a go at Gary Lineker today. I see that uh, he was caught without his, uh, without his mask on. Claims that he forgot. The mask slips. Yeah, the mask slips. Not for the first time, Gaza. Um, and uh, it reminded me that he still hasn't managed to find a migrant. I mean, presumably he was in there looking for decorations to uh, decorate the room for his migrant. Maybe so. Uh, yeah. Refugee yeah, that he's yeah. going to give a home to. Yeah. But no movement on that so Listen, far. Listen, they're still Strange, coming in. They're it? still coming in by the by the dozen. He only has to pop down at Dover. I don't yeah. know why it's taking him so long. Exactly. It's strange, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's funny these uh, these uh, left wing benefactors <laughs> who are so kind to the refugees. Yes. Come and live with me. Oh, wait a minute. Don't. No, don't bother. Yeah. Um, I'm still. <laughs> I you only know, said that for. An interview. Well, I didn't actually yeah, want it to happen. I'm still going. Well, he first, you know, he first said it about five years ago. Yeah. Five years we've been waiting for this crap.
Yes. Unbelievable. Speaking of crap, uh, here we are back in the midst of, you know, should we or shouldn't we lock down the economy, depending on where we live. The Welsh, I think, have totally jumped the shark. Uh, they've gone on the basis of three, uh, I think, deaths the other day, four the day before, five the day before that. You know, uh, rates of infection actually falling in yeah. some parts of Wales. Let's lock it down Hospital's completely. Hospital's not full. I put out a tweet the other night and I said, uh, you know, if we don't do something now, you know, it'll be dark when the sun goes down. Yeah. If we don't do something yeah. now, all the leaves will have fallen off the trees. If yeah. we don't do something now, the tide will go out. Yeah. These are all things that happen. Right? I the know. thing that they're predicting is going to happen probably will not happen. It's a bit like sort of saying, oh, there's one case of rabies in northern Scotland. Yeah. Uh, we better shoot every dog in the country yeah. uh, in case this gets out of hand. By the way, I have to tell you, I don't know whether you've seen it on Facebook, um, I had the great honour today of meeting Mabel and Olive. You know the two celebrity Labradors? Oh, yes. Uh, Andrew Cotter's Labradors. Yeah, yeah. They were in getting interviewed by Chris wow. Evans. Wow. And to be honest, and I kid you not, it was about the most exciting guest anybody's ever seen going right. in there. I mean, forget about, you know, um, Piers Morgan. Forget about, you know, all these pop stars. Well, that put them in charge Travis of Wales. Put them in charge of but Wales. Two, I mean, you would have really loved them. They were, I'll show you the pictures of it. Two beautiful dogs. And I I've said seen to him, on the, I said to him, and, and his commentary is brilliant. He's yeah, a very know, understated yeah. sort of guy. And I, and, he, and I said, do you mind if I have a picture? Because the mother of my children was like, you can't let them leave without getting a picture. So I did. And he came and sat and he sat me down. I had him stroking the, the head of the black one. Because um, I'm not actually sure which one is. I think Mo, I think Olive is the black one. I think. I think um, so, yeah. And they're just really calm, and they just, you know, what was great about it, and you'll know this as a dog lover. Everyone in the office is just smiling. Yeah. Because they just make you smile. Yeah. And in days, you know, like we are at the moment, thank God for dogs is all I can well, say. As I say, put them in charge of Wales. They couldn't do a worse job than that. Bloke yeah. Drakeford. I mean, what is he talking about? I mean, it's absolute insanity. It is complete bonkers, and it's based on absolutely nothing at all. And you people look, keep they, saying, "Oh, but you know, this could happen." Well, it could, but it might not. Then you add it to uh, the way the Ronda MP Chris Bryant behaved on oh, Dan Wooden's talk radio yeah. show yesterday, where he dismissed everyone who signed the Great Barrington Declaration as, crack as crackpots, yeah. even though it's full of eminent scientists, yeah, yeah. epidemiologists, virologists and doctors from all over the world. Yeah. They're not crackpots. What you realise is Drakeford, Bryant, uh, for that matter, Boris Johnson... Uh, Hancock, this country, and, and half the population, this country is in the grip of mass hysteria. It is. This, there, there's something strange going on now. People are believing nonsense yeah. and are taking preventative measures for something we don't need to do. In the end, Mike, what is it that all these measures, these diktats, these lockdowns, these uh, decrees, uh, what are they all for? Well, well I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what they are. Supposedly, they're to stop people dying. No, no, no. But they're, they're not yeah, doing but they're that. Not. They're not. This is what they're for. They're to stop a few people, to prevent a few people uh, getting a virus and then recovering. Mm. That's well, what it's all about. That's what it does seem to be all about. It, does, it there doesn't make any sense to, to me. There are enough to warrant fear I mean, of mass I mean, as I, I always say this to Peter Hitchens, it's, the trouble is that it's not just Britain. Because if you look across Europe, it's happening. I know. If you look it's across world the world, hysteria. it's happening. I read a piece about New York the other day, which was heartbreaking, where apparently you're now... Got, I mean, New York is basically in a worse state than London at the yeah, moment yeah. because there are now nobody's allowed into the city from about 35 states of the union. It's not quarantine. It's just you're not allowed in, right? All of the hotels have been taken over by the homeless because Mayor de Blasio thinks that's a great idea. And it's a fucking <laughs> absolute nightmare. The streets are empty. Uh, people are, are frightened to go there. The pubs are all shut. The restaurants are all closed. You know, the apartment rents apparently are plunging. 
it's an absolute nightmare. And, and you know, in Ireland, for example, they've just announced a six-week lockdown, six weeks lockdown, which yeah. is going to take them to December, right? Mm -hmm. um, and nobody really knows why. Uh, uh, yeah, well, we, what we do know in this country where, uh, you know, I'm pretty convinced that we'll get a full lockdown. Tier three is pretty much a full lockdown anyway. We'll get full lockdowns in this country. And what's that on the back of? Uh, the gruesome twosome, witty and Valance saying, we think we ought to do a sort of circuit breaker lockdown, uh, not because we have any evidence that they will work, but we better do something. It's better than doing yeah. nothing. No, it's not. Right. That, that's not following the science. That's following shots in the dark. Yeah, yeah. So it's also, better... Also, none it's, of it's worked. It's so, better to do nothing yeah. than something. Well, I mean... Nothing has worked, right? So yeah. the fact that they keep making it impossible for other people to make a living mm. while actually having no effect whatsoever on mm. the virus, what's the fucking point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how about you don't do anything, let people make a living, and then the virus will spread just well, like it is now. Witty and Valance said, we have no evidence that a circuit breaker two-week lockdown will work, uh, nor will we be, have we got time to check, but we think we should do it, and we won't know after two weeks whether or not it has worked. Mm. Oh, that's well worth doing, well, isn't it? Well, I was talking it? to somebody in Scotland Fuck today, me. right? And they're coming to the end of their, more or less, their second week of, uh, or they will be tomorrow, coming towards the end of their second week of lockdown. And it hasn't, as far as I can tell, changed anything. Right, so people like my friend Donald, who had reconstituted his his nightclub into a bar, but he had to shut it because he's now not allowed to sell alcohol. Right, you know he's been unable, having made some money the first couple of weeks he opened, he's now been unable to make any money because more or less had to shut down again. Mm. Same goes for all the restaurants. Same goes for all the fucking yeah. uh, businesses that can't operate. And meanwhile, the infection <coughs> rate remains the same. Yeah. So, no. well done, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, yeah, there's, there are no statistics to back this up. Uh, this government, is, and governments all over the world, but particularly our government, is set on a course where it has decided uh, that the ends, i.e. the eradication of COVID-19, yeah. justifies any means. Mm. And that involves millions of people having their lives ruined, millions of jobs being wrecked, millions of businesses crashing, uh, People go in bank pounds of taxpayers' money. Thousands and thousands right. and thousands of people dying. Right, but also millions of pounds of taxpayers' money being borrowed in order to keep sustaining yeah, yeah, yeah. The, th the people who they won't allow yeah. to work. Yeah, and by the way, what's going on? Yeah, and by the way, when we started our policy against COVID nineteen way back in March, when yeah. we went into lockdown, uh, the mission statement, the the the, the place where we were, the destination was not. The eradication of COVID nineteen. No. That's it kind was to of save all, the NHS. Wasn't yeah, it? it was to say also that, also it was to flatten the curve. You know what they're doing with the curve now? Yeah, yeah. Is they're just inventing a new curve yeah. because all the graphs now you get them. The Welsh have got one as well, right? Where it shows here's the hospital admissions. And I'm just drawing a straight yeah. line like that, yeah. and it goes all the way from like July. August, September, October, yeah. and then suddenly in November, which we haven't got to yet, yeah. it goes like that. <laughs> now, we haven't got to November yet, yeah. right? So how on earth do you know that it's going to go up? Yeah. Oh, well, we know because of the rising rate of infection. Yeah. Oh, really? So how come you've got the same number of people in the ICU unit and in the critical care beds as you had last year when there wasn't any fucking COVID. Yeah. And, and what you've got, hey? Chris Bryant, by the way, uh, Chris Bryant, Andy Burnham, all these great Labour rebels who are basically just backing up what the government We wants. love the working class, but we just yeah, don't but want we're, them to but work. But we're supporting the government yeah. on this one. Uh, these are... They are using the techniques of 
uh, fascistic governments, uh, the techniques they've always used, mm. which is this, that if you don't agree with government policy, you're a crackpot, yes. you're crazy, yeah, yeah. you're mad. We'll put you in you, an insane asylum. denounce you. We'll put you in an insane yeah. asylum. Yeah, I mean, the way Chris Bryant was treating Dan, you're, you're a dangerous conspiracy theory. No, no, Chris, he's merely proposing a perfectly reasonable alternative approach to COVID-19 than you. And you call him a crackpot and a dangerous conspiracy theory. I'll tell you what's going to surprise you, and I don't know whether you heard me say this today on the show, but there's a guy called Michael Levitt, who's an actual Nobel laureate, uh, right? He's a standard Stanford professor, biophysics, Cambridge PhD. He's been disinvited, right, from a particular um, biodesign conference because apparently too many other speakers said... If he was going to be there, they wouldn't turn up. You know why? Because they all complained about his attitude to COVID. Yeah. So he's clearly one of those who's like us, a sceptic about lockdown. So, so he's, been... he's now been cancelled, yeah. right, yeah. by cancelled. fellow scientists. Cancelled. So now, not only are you a crackpot, according to people like uh, Chris Bryant, but you won't be entitled to do your job as yeah. a scientist yeah. if you don't happen to go along with them. Well, they're, they're being, he's being, being non-personed. He's being unthinked, like in 1984. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. And that's what's going, going on. on. And what's going to happen soon is you're not going to be able to get on TV. Look how the Great Barrington re uh, uh, Report was basically buried after one day. Has Mainstream the BBC media, ever mentioned it? I'm not sure if they have. I think they, they mentioned it on their website, but I don't think they've ever done any interviews with uh, Carl Hennigan or Professor Gupta uh, or Professor Carol Sakura. I mean, none of those people mm -hmm. who Bryant thinks are crackpots, yeah. who are eminent doctors and very, very well-regarded uh, medical experts, not one of them, I don't think, has ever been interviewed by the BBC. Yeah, the regurgitation parrot-like by the likes of the BBC and Sky news uh, of the government narrative and what the government says is pathetic. Yeah, they talk about, well, you know, they talk about the NHS is going to be overwhelmed. Second wave going to be overwhelmed. Second well, wave. Why is it going to be overwhelmed? Second wave, yeah. overwhelmed. You sound, you sound yeah. like uh, Rain Man yeah. when you do that. Well, yeah, well, that's what they sound like. <laughs> so they sound like people with mental illnesses. Yeah, it really I mean, is on Sky News, they are just, they're talking about that we are in the second wave. Who said that? Yeah. Who said that? Well, they did a poll apparently last night. We're not in the night. second fucking wave. Well, they did a poll last night apparently, Sky, in which they uh, uh, pointed out that 70% of people in the country, mind you, are frightened. Really? Well, I don't know any of them. I yeah, don't I'm, know one person who is frightened. This is a trope. This yeah. is a trope. Uh, the government's creating this narrative to uh, create the illusion of mass support yeah. for its COVID policies. Right. Now, and it's very clear to me that they are using techniques which are basically propaganda techniques. Yes. I'm not saying that there's any kind of conspiracy theory, but what I am saying is that it's very clear to me that they have now used PR, they've used marketing, and they've used all manner of sort of, you know, different... It is. I mean, they had, for example, it's they had a big spread in the Daily Mail today, an advertorial on the NHS app, right? Yeah. Quoting people, making it look like a piece of editorial. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. But one of the things that it said, right, <laughs> which I found rather bizarre, one of the things that it said in, in uh, quotations from a doctor, don't yeah. worry about the NHS app because it can't uh, trace you and track you at all times. It doesn't know who you've met or where you've been. Oh, right, though. No. So what's the fucking point of it, then? Yeah. Don't worry about the NHS app, because only about 15 million people have got yes. it. So it's not going to fucking work. No. Why aren't people getting it? Because they suspect that this is just to monitor us. Uh, they suspect it won't work. They don't trust the government's basic premise of its policies. They don't trust the government policies. Why should they sign up No, of course this? they shouldn't. Why and should they? And everybody says 
why should I risk my job, which may be a job which you yeah. only get paid for when you turn up, for yeah. example, if you're on a freelance contract or something, yeah. because some bozo claims to have been infected by COVID-19 and claims to have been in the same room as me. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The, the NHS app is an impossible dream by a bunch of public servants who don't understand the concept of jobs that are, well, it's at, worse than uh, that. are at risk. It's worse than that, because you know who's making all the money out of it? It's all these bloody consultancy firms who have, who have, who have now completely pivoted their business yeah. from away from the banking sector, where there's not yeah. much going on. And they've started now getting involved with governments all around the world. I can say this with some um, surety, because I know some people that work for these companies, right? And they basically all get their fingers in the pie and saying, oh, look, there's billions of pounds here. So they're all in bed with the governments, yep. developing this, developing yeah, that, yeah. these £7,000 a day crowd. I mean, you know, the amount of money oh, that no. we're spending on this rubbish uh -huh. is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and forget the app. It's not, it's not going to be effective. Uh, track and trace, they're never going to get that right. What's going to happen is we're going to, as you say, Mike, we're going to spend billions and billions of pounds fighting a, a phony war that can't be won against a virus. And basically, it will just work its way through us. We'll get to herd immunity, having ludicrously delayed it and postponed it by all these ineffective measures. And in the end, it'll pass, mm. like the way viruses ever always do. And then, horror of horrors, another virus will come along and no doubt we'll do this again. Well, again and that means humanity's fucked. Well, as we said before, and we have said many times, at the end of the day, right, if we did this for flu every single winter... You know, we'd never stop hiding yeah, yeah, yeah. because pe people are killed by flu every single yeah, winter. Yeah. You know, people will say, well, it's not the same. And I accept that. I'm not pretending that it is the same. Mm -hmm. But flu kills, you know, tens of thousands of people in this country every single yeah. year. Why are we not having daily fucking briefings about that? Why are we not having, you know, hospital bed counts about that? Because all of these hospital bed counts, they're only saying that this is the percentage of people in, in critical care beds. They don't say how many of them are actually suffering from COVID, right? No, exactly, no. And that, apparently some of the hospitals that are being, we're being told are nearly full. That's the COVID That's beds. That's rubbish. It's the COVID It's beds. rubbish. And in any case, uh, Chris Bryant said the hospital's 75% full. He told oh, a complete lie, by the way. The, the double asked, last year. Double last year, yeah, yeah. not true. You could tell not he didn't. Not true. Yeah, it's not true. And also, if you've got 25% capacity still to go, it's not exactly a crisis point, no. is it? No, but also it's not even that. I was listening to a guy this morning talking about Manchester, and Manchester's um, capacity, basically, of hospital beds in total is 900, right? Yeah. Now, that's for everything. At the moment, there are 200 occupied beds, okay? Yeah. Now, they have, without having to do anything, easily the capability to go up to 300, which is another 50% again, right? If they wanted to dis disturb other patients and other kind of things that the NHS does, they could go all the way up yeah. to 900, which is effectively, you know, more than double the space that they're using up at the moment. So they wouldn't probably use that. However, if they don't use that, or if they do use all that up, then there's another 5,000 in the Nightingale Hospital. So it's absolute it's not bollocks. A, it's not, it's we absolute are not a, bollocks to we say are, they haven't got beds. Totally. We are not at crisis point. Uh, but I'm uh, going to tell you something that you don't know. Well, you maybe don't know. Um, if you thought you were having a bad week, or indeed if you thought that um, Boris Johnson was having a bad week, or yeah. Mark Drakeford, have a thought for Geoffrey Tubin who's a guy that you might not have heard of. I think I have heard I of him. He works for the New Yorker. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. What... And he's also, he's also the legal advisor for he, he, CNN. He, he, he uh, relieved himself on Zoom. <laughs> it's worse than... Yeah, well, yeah. he went on a Zoom Satisfied meeting. Satisfied right? himself. He went on a Zoom meeting, right? And for some inexplicable reason, got his cock out.
Now, I'm sorry about this if you're listening with your children, but, I mean, I'm afraid there's no other way to describe it. Um, he was in a Zoom chat with WNYC, which is one of those great American radio stations. WNYC! And he was, um, and he was wanking. Well, I don't know. But he certainly got it out, and he said that the reason that he got it out, they, they say he was caught masturbating, so I guess, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and here's, <laughs> here, here's his quote, right? Because his quote is even better. He goes, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing, oh, Jesus. Hang on, believing I was off camera. So, oh, that's all right. So then. that's all right then. Da. So when you're in a meeting with some people from work, think nothing of just having a quick, you know, how's your father, right? I apologise to my wife, my family, my friends, and my co-workers. And my cock. I believed, <laughs> I believed I was not visible on Zoom. Jesus. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. Well, Mr. Toobin, I have one thing to say to you. You're a fucking wanker. You really are. <laughs> what a complete what and utter an knob. Idiot. What an idiot. I mean, you know, not only getting his knob out, but, uh, you know, apparently uh, this I was... I apologise for my cock. I shouldn't have got it By out. By the way, this was a, an election simulation. He obviously thought it was an erection an simulation. An election simulation. <laughs> it, it was an erection simulation. Uh, people were playing Joe Biden. People were playing Donald Trump. People were playing, you know, Democrats. That, well, that gives him a hard-on. Jeffrey Tubin was apparently playing the courts. Oh. Or playing the... the, the oh, I can see that is a bit arousing. Yeah, I know. To play the courts. Play the courts. Oh, I mean, I think, yeah. I, I mean, he was certainly playing with something. Yeah. But how embarrassing. What I mean, how he? could you ever... I mean, we've all done things, I suppose, that when you walk into the office well, the next day... That. Well, no, hang on. <laughs> don't, well, don't, don't interrupt me so it sounds like I've done anything like that. But what I'm saying is, you know, you've, you've, you've walked like, like I've walked into the Express newsroom the day after, or the day um, when Jermaine Jackson um, had just been on Capital Radio saying he was suing us for 28 million quid. Yeah. And you can imagine, you know, people like Ian Walker uh, were just loving it and lapping it up and shouting it across. Yeah, PA have been on, you know, do you want to give us a quote? And I was going to be like, yeah. fuck off. You know, but, you know, you walk into the office, you've got a story in the paper, which has all gone horribly wrong. <laughs> and you're kind of hiding your head Tits and you just up. want to, you know, you just want to get to the pub at lunchtime and never be seen <laughs> again. Drink. Right? But can you imagine walking into the office after this? Yeah. And yeah. go... Yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't uh, know what I was thinking. I suspect Mr. I suspect Mr. Tubin won't be walking back into his I office think, ever uh, again. And I think the CNN legal job has probably gone out the window. I think uh, that's the end of his uh, uh, career but, per but, se. But, but I mean, when things like this happen, you think to I yourself, didn't realise I was on camera. Yeah, like that's okay then. Oh, so if you weren't on camera, you could just be naked then, could yeah. you? Would that yeah. be all right? Uh, I mean, sure. What 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 possesses people I to think know. that they can do stuff like that? I don't like know. That? Should we get a quick uh, few words in about the, uh, the American ongoing election? election? Yes, we should. Well, we've got another debate to look forward to this week. Yeah. Where well, the microphone's going to be muted, apparently. Uh, well, I don't think it'll be a game changer. Uh, I, I, Trump's getting there, closer. There are signs Trump's, Trump's turning it around. He's turning I around think, a bit. I think he will, you know. I you really you do. still think he'll win? Well, I was talking to my sister the other night and she was telling me that, you know, it really doesn't matter um, how many people vote for Biden. It only matters in three states, basically. So Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Michigan and Ohio. That's about it. Because Trump will probably well, win Well, as Florida. you said, if he can't, if he can't, if Biden can't win Pennsylvania, he can't win America. No. And if he wins Ohio, he's probably got it. But that's touch and go because, um, you know, that was the state that Hillary thought she had in the bag. Uh -huh. So much so she didn't visit it. Yeah. Right? And then it went to Trump. I guess a lot will come down to how those white blue collar workers in, in the Midwest have been treated under the Trump administration. If they've made money and if they've got jobs, 
they'll vote for well, Trump. If you watch the BBC news, you'll, you'd, think very that every, you'd think that every single one of those people, the Rust Belt people, have turned away from Trump. Every single, he's course. let us down. I thought it was going to be great for us. He's let us down. Uh, but actually, the vast, vast majority of them will stick with Trump. Uh, he will retain his traditional support base. Uh, the trouble is, can he win over the floating voters? Yeah. Uh, that's his task. He's, the, my problem with Trump this time round is in his last campaign, whether or not you supported it, uh, the, the message was clear. Sharp, yeah. three-word slogans. Drain the swamp, yeah. lock her up, build a wall, yeah. make America yeah, yeah. great. Uh, this time, wh where's the mission statement? Yeah, where's the message? It's a good point. Yeah. I don't know what his it's a good point. But you know what? About. I think the reason it's difficult for him is now he is the establishment. Now he is the White House. And so he's actually, he can't yeah, be the outsider because yeah. he's been inside. I, I agree. But so, as a man who knows about presentation, and he's fucking yeah, good at presentation, you'd think he might work out, we need a message. He yeah. needs to get one fast. Yeah. What's he selling to Well, America? as long as he doesn't ask Boris, because his three-word uh, slogans are pretty shit, yeah. quite uh, frankly. Yeah, what, what's, what's the new one? Build, back, Build better. back better. Which, is, by the way, is one of Biden's slogans. And it's, and it's that idiot J Jacinda Ardern down right. in New Zealand. Oh, That's God. If I hear one more pundit going on about how great Jacinda Jesus. Ardern is... I mean, you know, she's, she might as well be she's running useless. a welk stand. She's useless. I mean, as I said to Piers when he was in with me, I said, there's more people living in my street than living in fucking yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, I know, I know. You know. And then, you know, so I, no, I, I put a tweet out the other day. Fashion chups. Uh, every, everybody came, everybody in Britain came back laughing. I said something about, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Another three years of that idiot. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in Britain, yeah, what a loser. God, blimey. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then New Zealand woke up. Oh, How yeah. dare you criticise oh, their prime minister? Um... But quite a few people from New Zealand said she's a nightmare. Yeah. She's locked us all up, she taken away our freedom. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got a policy. She's like all she, lefties. No, she puts happiness above the economy. Of course she does. It's uh, more important. You, you know. You wait. Because, the next three years are going to be disastrous for New Zealand. Yeah, oh, they will be. And you know, all these cobblers about you know people's mental health is more important. It's the same lot of people that say, oh. You know, it's been really great during the lockdown because I've been able to reevaluate my life. Yeah. And I've realised that I've had my work-life balance all Man, wrong. Life balance. So now I'm not going to do any more fucking work yeah. because I'm a bit of a twat. Yeah. And I'm going to spend a lot more time with my children. Yeah, people say that. Don't get I've, lost. I've had so much trouble organising my work-life balance. A fucking seal could organise work-life <laughs> balance. I mean, you know, why do people find it so difficult? It's I know. crap. Absolute I know. Crap. Absolute rubbish. Anyway, we've got to run. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. We are the Thought Police. It's very clear to me that they have now used PR, they've used marketing, and they've used all manner of sort of, you know, different... It is. I mean, they had, for example, it's they had a big spread in the Daily Mail today, an advertorial on the NHS app, right? Yeah. Quoting people, making it look like a piece of editorial. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. But one of the things that it said, right, <laughs> which I found rather bizarre, one of the things that it said in, in uh, quotations from a doctor, don't yeah. worry about the NHS app because it can't... Uh, trace you and track you at all times. It doesn't know who you've met or where you've been. All right, though. So what's the fucking point of it, then? He went on a Zoom meeting, right, and for some inexplicable reason, got his cock out. Now, I'm sorry about this if you're listening with your children, but, I mean, I'm afraid there's no other way to describe it. Um, he was in a Zoom chat with WNYC, which is one of those great American radio stations. WNYC! And he was, um, and he was wanking. Well, I don't know. But he certainly got it out, and he said that the reason that he got it out, they, they say he was caught masturbating, so I guess, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
And his, <laughs> here's his quote, right? Because his quote is even better. He goes, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake. Believing, oh, Jesus. Hang up, believing I was off camera. So, oh, that's all right. So then. that's all right then. Ah. So when you're in a meeting with some people from work, think nothing of just having a quick, you know, how's your father, right? I apologise to my wife, my family, my friends and my co-workers. And my cock. I believed, <laughs> no, I believed I was not visible on Zoom. Jesus. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. Well, Mr. Toobin, I have one thing to say to you. You're a fucking wanker. You really are. <laughs> She might as well be She's running useless. a welk stand. She's useless. I mean, as I said to Piers when he was in with me, I said, there's more people living in my street than living fucking yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, I know, I know. You know.